Dad sang this song to me There was a message in his melody Sweetest lyrics that I ever heard There's a message in the songs of birds Tomorrow is another day Living is the only way Tomorrow's gonna ever come Listen to the words of the song Everything Everything is gonna be Greetings and thanks to all of you who are watching us tonight. Uh, of course, you know, tonight is will be live with Miranda Wilkinson and I'll give her a chance in a few minutes to introduce herself. She was with us last year and it was one of the highly rated and viewed shows that we've had. So it's a pleasure to have you back again, again today. So I am, again, I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the Empowerment Doctor. You are watching a Sip of Inspiration podcast. You're watching it right now uh, live on Facebook on my personal page, which is Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the Empowerment Doctor. If And that's E-M-P-O-W-E-R-D-R. -E that's where you are now. And I wish you would like that page. And of course, I have Empowerment Doctor, which you can't see that here, but like that page too. And while you like it, run over to YouTube and check out my channel there, because this show will end up on the YouTube channel also. So with that, I want to first uh, thank my sponsor, uh, Rise. When you need a supply company to rise to your needs, call Resource Industrial Supply Equipment. They've been a faithful sponsor for every show, and I really appreciate them. And head to my website, champagneconnection.com. That's champagne like liquor, C-H-A-M-P-A-G-N-E, uh, connection.com, and pick up some cool merchandise. And I promise you one day, I will do the show in some of that cool merchandise. So I want to welcome you all to the wonderful show that we're going to talk about sex, we're going to talk about love, and we're going to talk about Valentine's Day. And if we are successful in the day, you'll know how to make your sex life and love life feel like Valentine's Day every day. So, so welcome, Miranda. Tell us a little bit about yourself and thank you for being here with me. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be back. See you again. And everybody, my name is Miranda Wilkerson. I am a sexologist. I am also uh, owner of Intimate Pleasure Shop, uh, uh, Yoni Desires. And as of recently, I have released my CBD intimacy line, also available at yornydesires.com. So definitely check it out, ladies and gents. You will find some goodies there as well. But yes, I'm here for it. Sex relationships, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Tell us about this, uh, your new CBD line, though. Tell us if that's new since the last time. Yes, that is. That is new. Oh, my goodness. So I decided to uh, jump into the CBD business and um, launch a intimacy line that incorporates uh, CBD massage oils, um, also aphrodisiac oils that um, is great for women. Uh, also, uh, CBD suppositories. That's, that's great for a couple of things, a few things. 
Um, I also have Delta 8 gummies. And of course, we know that <laughs> Illinois is a legal state. We have some other states out there that are legal as well in THC. So I do I have uh, uh, the Delta 8 gummies and what else? Oh, and the CBD lubricant, which is also just a bomb. <laughs> so yes, I decided to do that and it's, it's been great. It's great. Fantastic. Have you added any new and interesting toys to your line? Well, I decided to start incorporating um, some things from for my men. And basically, I have started out small with cock rings. So with the cock rings, I feel like it's a way that my men can still um, achieve a, a good erection and last longer without having to take any medications. So, you know, instead of taking a Viagra, try a cock ring first. That's right. No <laughs> side effects from the cock ring. No side effects for the cock ring, you know. I mean, unless you leave it on too long, but you can leave it on there long enough to achieve the job. <laughs> <laughs> and as usual, I have a series of questions. And if you are watching, see me looking down on my phone. I'm actually trying to follow... Um, follow the show so that we can be sure that all of your questions are answered. So I'm not uh, embarrassed or looking away because I think this is a topic, as I say, that we need to talk about a lot. There are two things that we do on a regular basis that will affect our lives. One of them is how you use your money, which is what I talk about. And the other is your sex life, because if you're not careful, it can go all the way wrong. So we're going to talk about some of that stuff today. So, of course, my first question is, you know, there's a lot now going on about sex. And there's this series on called Sex Life that we were chatting about earlier. And they talk about all things sex. But what should, a, what should two people have in common to guarantee that they have a great sexual relationship? Well, you know, before it used to be where couples will meet and you know, sex wasn't talked about until, you know, further down the line. Now I'm a person that believes when you find that you have that connection with that person, I always say that couples, you should have a sexual disclaimer, meaning that, you know, you have your wants, your needs, and your desires. And that two, the both of y'all can come with this sexual disclaimer and be able to discuss this and see where you meet at and where there may be some differences at. And that way you can see if you two are compatible. Also, I believe that um, there is such things as low um, sexual energy and high sexual energy. If you are a person that has low sexual energy, you do not need to be with the person that has high, high sexual energy. I don't care you know, how nice they are, the sex will come around and will be a problem later on. So I definitely believe, yes, there has to be some chemistry and not just the first 30 days or first 90 days chemistry, you know, where you all with love and stuff like that. Like you really have to know yourself. And so that's what I think that, you know, with couples, this is what they need, or even before to become a couple, like you just have to put it on the table, be real with this person, especially this time in society. So you said low sexual energy and high sexual energy. So what would be considered low and what would be considered high? Because a lot of people who may think that they have a high sex drive and they don't. And then some of them may think that they have a low sex drive and they're really, really 
high maintenance when it comes to sex drive. So what are some of the things people should think about when they're determining which category their sexual life falls into? Well, I would say a person that has low sexual energy is a person that uh, does not put, sex is not really high on their to-do list. You know, if you're okay going, you know, a couple weeks, few weeks without having sex, I, I would put that in the category of low sexual energy versus a person that needs sex every week, you know, a couple of times during the week, you know, uh, that's the person that, that's every day. Exactly. Okay. Like it, there's definitely different levels. And if you know that you can't keep up with that schedule, um, and that, I don't want to say schedule, but if you cannot keep up with that, there will be a disconnect eventually down the road. Okay, so you're just, and there's nothing wrong about your sexual needs. You just need to own what they are, right? Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that uh, because there are couples that do not put sex as, as a high priority in a relationship. They're more um, into it about the partnership, the in intimacy, which is a very big part of relationships anyway, but uh, they're more into that opposed to having sex, you know, whereas there are some couples that they do meet and they, they want sex, you know, um, it's important to both the male and the female. So there's nothing wrong with it. Like you say, you just have to own up to it and know who you are and know your audience. Okay, and you need to do that early instead of later, right? Because that, yes, about yes. two months, that's going to be a problem there. Oh, absolutely. You know, that I always hear that, you know, one of the biggest things that I get is, you know, people who have gotten involved in relationships and they find out that they are not sexually compatible and they already involved in a relationship, but this is one thing that keeps tugging at them. Yeah. So if you find that you are in a relationship where you are not sexually compatible, can that be con corrected? What kinds of things should you do? Because you don't want to toss to the side a perfectly good partner in other ways. Exactly. So once you figure out, or once you find out, if you find that uh, sex is starting to become, like you're starting to have arguments about sex, then I do highly suggest that you do reach out to a psychologist or even a psychologist, whoever you, you want to go to, only for additional help. Because what happens is usually you have one person that will say, well, you want sex all the time. And then you'll have the other person that says, well, you don't give it enough. And then the other person saying that you're selfish and you have two people button hits, you need a third person. Uh, so I highly, suggest reaching out to a psychologist and that way they can mediate between the two people and figure out what it is that's holding back the person because you never know what holds people back from wanting more sex you know it could be the way that they was raised you know beliefs or whatever you know I've had people that has uh, come to me you know because their partner may not want to do oral sex so that's huge if, if, if you have a person that really wants that you know and you have a person that that's not giving it to you, you do, I highly suggest, you know, seeking out a third person. And before that, you could even communicate to your partner, definitely express it. But if it gets to a point where you constantly have arguments about it, then you need to have somebody else intervene. And, you know, you do get out like that. 
because it, sex do rip relationships apart and it can be fixed. Like there's nothing wrong with it, but you can't be so resilient to it. You know, some people don't want to try. They don't want to give. You have to be giving as well and meet somewhere in the middle. Okay, so what roles do love and affection play in sex or are they even in the room when it comes to sex? <laughs> well, I find that relationships, that people that are in committed relationships has the best sex. And the reason why they have the best sex is because they do have the love and the intimacy that's in there because that love creates desire. You know, when a person is nice to you and they're loving to you, you desire that person. You want to do more for that person. You even become more submissive for that person. And this is what spills out in the bedroom and the sex is what, you know, um, puts you together, what, what connects you even more so. So it's huge. Uh, people that are in relationships where they're like, um, uh, I don't want that one night stands but you know kind of like the homie lover friend situationship it's a little bit different you can never get that true connection so now you're kind of being held back should I do this should I do that with this person is it doing too much with this person you know so definitely love is is big so is there any truth to the stories that we hear about people who just get together for great sex Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially people that have been in uh, marriages and now they are single, you know, they're not really too quick to want to jump back into a long-term relationship. So they tend to do better in relationships where they're, as, like as they call them, situationships, uh, <laughs> where, <laughs> where both people are, you know, pretty much on along the same lines where they really don't want uh all of the responsibilities of a relationship but you know they do want the sex and some other things they may want to go out to dinner or something like that you know some company you know but at the same time there's no true strings of responsibilities attached so in a situationship that requires <laughs> that is just sex so are there boundaries and rules to these things or you just say hey, we're just going to do it. I mean, is, is there a conversation you should have first? Well, usually this is how it goes. I find that people that get into, and the reason why I, is I like to call them situationships because it's never like, no, there's no like, it's always the, what are we? You know, there's no true definition of what are you in the relationship? Are we dating? You know, are we, you know, committed? You know, so it's just like, this is a situation. So I do find that with those couples, usually it ends up as friends and then they may, you know, go out and they end up having sex, you know, and depending on how that may go, um, if the sex is good, they may want to come back together, you know, and they, they seem, uh, they find it as harmless because there's no responsibility but i'm gonna tell you something about these situationships okay <laughs> see the men they're good at it they're very good at it you know because men can have sex without attachment women when you have sex you have orgasms you release oxytocin and the oxytocin is part of science and that is the cuddle hormone and you will eventually get attached so you will fall 
some of y'all be like, no, 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 no. But eventually you're going to want something, you know, more time, you know, uh, whatever it is. You're going to want something from that person, you know, so. Okay, so there are rules around situationships, okay. So mm -hmm. I guess you don't share with people you're in a situationship. I guess that's just between the two people. It's not something that would be a topic of conversation. Exactly. It's, it's between the two people and what they make it out to be. So there isn't no rules except their own rules. And usually it's not supposed to be any rules, you know. Um, but it, it shouldn't be no expectations, I should say that. Because, you know, rules as respect should always be in there and stuff. But uh, expectations, not so much. And um, I guess an explicit yes should be there too. Oh, yes, absolutely. Consent is definitely number one. Cool. Uh, and I want us, I was uh, looking at a program the other night and that was the one thing they talked about. Uh, I, I think we've got a question coming in. Uh, there's one thing that they were talking about that said that it has to be an explicit yes, not a, I don't know, or maybe, okay. It's got to be an explicit yes. So yeah. we need to let everyone know it needs to be an explicit yes, no matter what it is. Yes, no gray areas. No gray. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so what should you share with your partner and what should you not share with your partner? <laughs> well, I don't want to say that, but I, I'm going to tell you something that gets people in trouble, body count. You don't need to discuss your body count, you know, like in terms of, oh, how many people have you been with? That's, no, don't, don't even get into that, especially as, you know, as, as you get older in age, uh, if you, you know, dated people and stuff like that, you don't have to disclose that to your partner. Your partner, they know that, you know, if you are a 40-year-old woman, you done had some people in your past. I don't need to tell you how many people have been in the past. You know what I'm saying? The same thing goes for the men. Ladies, if you're dealing with the man, you don't need to know all the women that he has dealt with in the past. You know that he has dealt with women. As long as you two are being upfront with each other in terms of are you dating now? You know, um, are you sleeping with anybody now? All you should be focused on is the present. In terms of past, leave that body count alone. <laughs> because it always gets thrown up. You'd be like, well, you know, you did tell me you used to be like this. And, you know, it's all that stuff. It gets thrown back up. and It gets thrown back up. So just leave it alone. So do not discuss body count, okay? Unless you're inviting them to the party, right? Don't, don't exactly. No, okay. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else we shouldn't share besides the body count? I love that. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Well, other things uh, I would hold fast. Like if you had any traumatic events um, in your life, I would not be so quick to disclose that with somebody. You have to really be careful about that, um, who you disclose that with. You have to know that you can trust that person because the person, once they find out your vulnerabilities, your weaknesses, they can always bring that back up. So I caution people on disclosing things that are very, very personal to them trust this is a big thing you have to know that you can trust this person with the information that you provide to them 
exactly well, that, that, that makes sense because I think sometimes women bear it all um mm -hmm. and you're right and you've just trusted someone with some that you don't really know that well you know mm -hmm. ah thank you for that so how do you know if the person you're dating is sleeping with other people that's all over how do you know it's like Woo, well Ladies and gents, I'm going to tell you, I'm a disclaimer, the things I'm going to say does not mean <laughs> that your partner is out here doing it. So don't take this as fact, but take this as you have to know your partner. Okay, so things that to that can be like subtle clues. Um, one thing that's really huge, you, you will hear about this all the time, is the parents. So if you have a person that is used to being, you know, coming home, being a couch potato, you know, um, being in a jogging pants, t-shirts and stuff like that, they're totally fine with that. Even, you know, when they go out with you, go out to dinner, they're totally fine with just being casual, you know. You start noticing there's a change in their apparel. They start shopping. They starting to get clean, you know, wear some cologne and more perfume uh going to the gym you know now they want to go to the gym all the time and they're working out really really hard yes that's that's usually a clue because people want to be they want to show their best to the person that they are interested in that does not mean this is hold out as fact so ladies and gents please don't hold it you know hold it to me you know um other things to look out for if and this is especially i would say this is really pertaining to my married couples and my long-term couples um so if you're in a relationship you came into a relationship uh y'all have open access uh say that you don't have no passcodes on your phones or computers or anything like that you start putting passcodes on your phone you know you pick up you're like oh you know my husband or my wife got a passcode on their phone never have you have to wonder why did they put a passcode on there, you know, um, browse the history. If you're sharing the same computer at home, you start noticing that the history is always erased. You have to wonder why, you know, uh, being on social media a lot more because, you know, social media, you have people throwing things all the time, you know, male and female. So you notice that they're on there, you know, more often than what you are typically used to them being. And as I would always say, know your person, because this doesn't apply to everybody, then that could be a sign as well. Um, business trip. You ain't never went to a business trip in 10 years and all of a sudden you're gonna start going on business trip. <laughs> you gotta be a little leery about that. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Working late at, you know, working, working late at the job, you know. Um especially if you know heard about the new because usually people tell on themselves they'd be like oh yeah um i got the we we got a new hire at the job or whatever you know they'll say stuff like that a new secretary whatever and then you notice that they're at the job a lot more you never know you know but i will always say listen to your intuition that i will hold that as number one and your intuition your intuition does speak so if you are feeling something in your gut and you don't typically have this feeling, then you have to wonder why. And this does not mean the person is sleeping around. It could just mean that there may be some type of disconnect in the relationship also. Okay. Um, what do you do if the sex is one-sided in the bedroom? One partner is doing everything to please the other partner, but the other partner is not 
doing the same? Oh, you're going to have to have a sit down conversation <laughs> about that. And really, you know, let them know some of the things that you'd like, especially you. So, okay. Say that you're a person that I definitely use oral sex. You, you, you prefer oral sex. You want oral sex and you want your partner to be able to, to go down on you and stuff. I would definitely express it to my partner, you know, like, um, find out what are the feelings towards towards oral sex if they say well um I, I haven't really thought about it I've never done it before a lot of times some people may not do things because they haven't done it or they may feel like they may not do it correctly so I, I wouldn't get upset about it I would just approach them with it and see where their mindset is towards it and see if you can explore it um, especially if you have a partner that will be willing to be ex to explore it, don't be afraid to approach them with it. It's all about the delivery. Don't come to them at, well, you don't ever do this and you don't ever do that. That's not going to work. It's all about the approach. Okay. All about the approach. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we talked a little bit about situational situationships, which would be casual sex. So I've just thought one of my questions is, is, is it really possible to have a situational ship or casual sex with someone and there are no strings attached? Only in the beginning. I believe that it's only, situationships are only good for short time. Um, unless you truly, unless two people are, are truly okay with not wanting to be in a relationship. But I find that the women are usually, are usually the ones that will cave first. Men will cave, but women are usually usually the ones that will cave first, uh, do just because of uh, hormones. Um, yes, it can be, but somewhere along the line, somebody's gonna want something. They gonna want more. Somebody will eventually, because you can't deal with a person for you know all of you know, years time. The only way that can happen as a situation ship is if the person say that like you have two married couples that are cheating. You think, yeah. <laughs> you know, of course you can you 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 can last in in uh um a situation ship because both of y'all got situations as well, you know, so that works. But if you're just two single people trying to do that, oh no. Eventually somebody's gonna cave. Okay. And somebody's gonna want something. So we make sex incredibly complicated. Why is sex so complex? <laughs> oh, because, of, because they threw the Bible. <laughs> uh, basically, <laughs> it's true. I mean, and I don't want to blame it on religion alone, but it's definitely due to your values and the way that you were raised. And it does, a lot of it does start from religion because in religion you know they tell you you know no sex before marriage you know everything that you do should be in the confines of your home you know everything is very private you know this is how people are like brought up so it's not talked about it's hush hush so when you hear about sally may that may be doing anal with her husband y'all are gasping because sally is getting it in the <laughs> you know it's because it's not talked about but if people actually took a peek into other people's homes and actually really seen what was going on behind closed doors, they'd be surprised 
And I think it, as a society, if we talked about it and then be more open so we can have questions and be able to have answers, things would be so much better. But they continue to have sex as a taboo. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, it's sacred. And it is sacred. It's definitely sacred. But you have experts out there that, that can talk about it, you know, um, and we could just do better as a society and, and prepare people more for the real world. So, okay, so we, we have these issues around it. Um, so what do people then consider just normal sex? Because isn't it all sex, but evidently there's normal sex and not so normal sex? <laughs> well, normal sex would be, I say, I don't want to say just like missionary because missionary, doggy style, you know, just your regular sex that you have between two people. Uh, I believe that sex starts to grow a little bit more when you do explore things like with anal sex. Because not everybody, I can guarantee you, a lot of people not having anal sex. I still know a lot of people that are not having oral sex. Usually it's like the women who are not going out, but even in some cultures, the guys will not have oral sex on a woman. You know, they believe that, you know, so that's even still considered taboo. So normal sex is like, yeah, basically, you know, just regular husband, wife sex, you know, missionary, a little bit of doggy style, you know, just that type of stuff. But if the woman turn around and style, she want to ride and turn around and all do flippers, then... <laughs> you start exploring a little bit more it's a little bit different okay so uh you're right because people in different cultures would approach it differently too i know mm -hmm. we have access to a lot of information about sex and a lot of different type of sex but sometimes the information isn't even all correct either it's just that thing that they get to get your attention um, mm -hmm. to sell you something usually so and porn porn oh yeah look up, mm -hmm. they look the porn to teach them and that's the wrong teacher <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about why porn is the wrong teacher why is porn the wrong teacher <laughs> porn is not realistic you know these guys are going for all you know for these long amounts of time they're staying hard and you know ejaculating all these huge loads and you know things like that that's not exactly reality i can guarantee usually those actors will have hot rings um they would have done something edit it real good you know they're taking breaks in between um you know these women that was having these massive orgasms shooting across the field like that's not that's not realistic um and then you know with sex there's actually a process that you have to go through to, to warm the woman up to get her into such a a way uh arousal the desire and stuff and they don't show that in porn porn is just you know getting to it and stuff um it, it's just not reality okay <laughs> it looks like work <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it is yep it's work oh yeah 
They're doing a nine to five like us. <laughs> that's, that's right. And it, it does at some point begin to look like that. It's like they just came to work at the set. They're ready. Cameras are there. Somebody's getting the best angle. So it doesn't exactly. ever look like it's a bad angle. It's like, oh, my God, that's just doesn't look like fun. And then they exactly. get up and it's like, OK, I need a sandwich. <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so when does foreplay begin? And how would, what are some of the things people should do in their foreplay to make sure that the sex is all that they're hoping it to be? Oh, I love this. I love this because people believe that foreplay begins in the bedroom. I am going to tell you foreplay uh, starts way before. Foreplay starts when you decide you want to give your, your guy, your girl, some sex when you know you want to get it on that's when the foreplay begins you start sending those text messages you start flirting you know you may take a little quick pick a little booty pick you know a guy may show like a little skin right there whatever that's when the foreplay begins when you start the flirting you start the playing that's when you should start preparing yourself mentally like okay later on it's going down and uh if people started preparing like that, by the time it is time for it, you are already, especially with women, you are already lubricated, uh, especially with women because of the fact that we're more mental. Uh, you're already lubricated. You're ready to give yourself to this person and it's going to be that much better. And after the sex, what does the after play look like? After play should be a little bit of cuddling. And I say a little bit because, you know, sometimes you may want to get up and go, you know, get, you know, get food. But even having food together after the fact, but just sharing an intimate moment of um, that closeness. Uh, and then also checking in with, like, say, if you partake in some type of kink, you always want to check in with your partner especially on the kink side. Um, but yeah, just, just a little bit of closeness. Give yourself, I mean, 10 minutes. Can you give yourself 10 minutes with this person to just basically check in with them, make sure you know everything's all right, hug a little bit, kiss a little bit, fall asleep a little bit, and then that's it, you know? So let's talk about kink. So I'll, what are some forms of kink? Uh, some forms of kink. Kink is anything that can that is pretty much, I would say, considered like outside of the normal social uh, sexual realm. So anything, say, for uh, getting into butt plugs, dildos, and stuff like say dildos and anus, or um, if you want to start using handcuffs, you know, if you want to start uh, getting into the bondage part of it or the submissive part, that's a little bit of kink as well. Um, kink could be, um, say that you are into going to like swingers clubs and stuff, you know, now you're starting to get into a little bit more kink. Kink is more of what people wouldn't typically do in their bedroom. It's more of, it's the very hush-hush things that you do in your bedroom. Okay. So, so it's the bondage, the BDSM scene, and the, I guess, 
threesomes and give them threesomes if you want to be you know uh threesomes just your uh swinging sets uh kink like i said your more submissive sets uh some people are into you know uh uh, playing with pain but like that's more that's definitely more in their own category but yeah kink is just more or less outside of the ordinary of sex and is kink something that people should expect every time there's a sexual encounter with each other or does it get old after a while or do you wait for like every now and then to keep it fresh well it depends on how is how does it feel to you? So if a person likes, um, say like with anal, if they like um, using anal plugs all the all the time while they are getting penetrated vaginally, uh, yeah, you can. That can be something okay. that's part of your repertoire, you okay. know. Um, or if you know you're a person that likes to, because they have a lot of um, adult sets. You know, so if that is what keeps your relationship spicy and stuff, then yeah, that can be a, a common, you know, part of it. If once a month you want to go to a set, we go to a set. So it doesn't have to be, you know, for special occasions or anything like that. It can be part of your sexual encounter. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what about masturbation? How important is masturbation in a relationship? Very important. I always this is one of one of my things i i preach about all the time with masturbation it is healthy there are times that you need to be alone and get one off for yourself and just reconnect with your body um and just say to your you know for yourself to say i i love you especially with the women but with the guys i mean if you women are not going to want sex as much as men so it's okay if your man sits up there and decides to have a session on his own, the kids and, and, and the wife is gone or whatever. He got the house himself. He decides to get one off. It's totally fine. Totally fine. And it's healthy. Um, in terms of women, you know, stress relievers, you don't always need to have somebody to get you off. It's totally okay to get yourself off. And when you do it in a relationship, you still keep that flow going like you still keep that sexual energy flowing through the relationship oh fantastic because i think that's one thing that used to be considered taboo too mm-hmm. guess, unless you're watching porn <laughs> it's like... exactly exactly and it's like no it, it should definitely be part of you know of just good old sexual health checking in with yourself are there other countries that have a more liberal view of sex than we do in the U.S.? Definitely, you will find more European countries that are more uh, liberal towards uh, sex. Uh, countries such as Greece, Russia, uh, Finland, New Zealand. Actually, New Zealand, which is really surprising, because New Zealand is very, you know, uh, with the women, New Zealand is at the top with the women, right? And yeah, they are very sexually active, you know, and, and running it. The women speak about it proudly over there. They are getting it over there. Um, and then like with the other, like with Greece and Russia, they are definitely having a lot of sex. And the way I found this research was actually through direct condoms. They actually do um, 
they hold like uh, they do their own research based off of how many condoms are being sold into these countries and stuff. And so they're basically seeing like the amount of protection and also porn is another way to figure out like which countries are very highly freaky. So, <laughs> but Europe, Europe is very, yeah. <laughs> Europe, the European countries are, are high up there. I am surprised about New Zealand just because I never thought about it. But when you get a picture of Russia, it's like, really? It's like, okay. Well, you know, they drink a lot of vodka. And, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I can make you do some things. <laughs> I thought it was gin that made you sin. <laughs> oh, yeah, that will too. <laughs> so, Sex on the first date. I know we've, we talked about this uh, last year, but sex on the first date. What are the do's and don'ts? What's your advice? It's like, uh, should you wait? Should you not wait? So, because a lot of people are rushing it. Oh, they are, especially like with apps like Tinder. Oh, you can go on Tinder and definitely find a hookup for the day. Uh, sex on the first date, basically protection. That, that's going to be number one. Um, they even have kits now uh, called PrEP. PrEP is uh, HIV PrEP. If you know that you're going to be out on a prowl, you can start prepping yourself beforehand. Um, that like it's supposed to lessen your chances of being able to contact, uh, contract HIV. Uh, but basically, that's my big thing. And then also knowing who you are going to have sex with. So I do not advise people to meet somebody on Tinder that same day and go have sex with them because bad things do happen. But I say bet the person a little bit more online uh, and you can kind of tell if they're on there for sex or not. And if, if you're down for it, you meet them first, <laughs> meet them in a public place. And if you decide to have sex on a first date, um, then definitely go to a hotel that has uh, cameras in there. Now go to a, you know, no rinky-dink motel or whatever. Go someplace that will have you on camera and have them on camera. That's my best suggestion for that. And then also, like I said, having your prophylactics available and making sure you um, give consent and have consent for the whole entire session. You know, if you feel like the person is not respecting your boundaries, you need to go because it's not going to get any better than that. And so, and I, and I really want to stress that now because now it seems like uh, things are a lot, they're not as safe as they used to be. You hear about this all the time now with social media. It's so easy to hook up with somebody. So I really want to say like some one night stands, you really got to vet your person out and, and go someplace that you can get the person on camera, <laughs> have your record, let somebody know where you're going. You know, let them know who the person is, what car they are driving, everything. Take your own separate car. That's how I handle one night stand. Oh, God, that sounds like a lot of work. Okay. <laughs> it is incredibly dangerous, though. It's so I, it, it, yeah. it, it is. It is. And it's like you have to you have to be smart about it. And I'm not saying you can't do it. Of course you can do it. It's just in this times now, you just got to be more careful about it you know and just very be smart yes you have to vet your person that's sure 
Mm-hmm. Someone, I don't care if it's meeting somebody just for a drink at the corner. Somebody needs to know where you are. Absolutely. That's all the time, because there's a lot going on with uh, women and men coming up missing. Now. Exactly. I was going to say, even with the men, can men get set up? <laughs> they get set up and robbed too. So right. They sure do. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, a Cardi B, they pull it a Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> So now that we're coming into Valentine's, what kinds of food or aphrodisiac should people start thinking about for Valentine's Day? And what should they do to make sure that Valentine's Day is all that they hope for? Berries will be your best friend. Not only is it good for antioxidants, but it's definitely good for getting your blood supply going. And that's what you want. You want a good, rich blood supply because this blood supply is what's going to go to the genitals. That's going to give you that lubrication, that erection that you need on both both ends because we both get erections. Um, so definitely dive into your berries. That it, and guys, eat your watermelon. Uh, well, watermelon's not really in season depending on where you are, but um, definitely your berries. You know, your blueberries, you can still get that's that's pretty good right now. And also your strawberries, you can get right now as well. Um, guys, you can uh, eat your protein. You know, your fish protein is very good. Um, and then as for women, I'm somebody that would, that would definitely say um, in terms of food, stay away from the sugar. Don't shove no sugar up, up, up the vajayjay. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from that just your juices and berries <laughs> okay no honey and chocolate sauce down below okay no, just above you can just do anything above. above just just above just just leave the leave leave the kitty alone don't she don't need any you know not on the inside but not on the inside so those are foods that you would prepare to have and would uh, so they're in the bedroom, they're ready for you, and you feed each other. Uh, so how would they handle that? Oh, yeah. Like with your strawberries, you can definitely, well, strawberries, I would use that more as a seductive, you know, and of course you see it like, you know, you have the women like eating the strawberries and being very seductive about it. Um, with the women, you know, you can have, you can have blueberries, you know, decorative all around, you know all around the, the the vulva and stuff and they can eat the blueberries off of you um honey you know honey is so good honey definitely put some honey on you put them on the nipples because on the nipples you know they, they last honey lasts longer and it stays sweeter so honey i love honey um if you're going to put it on your on your male counterparts you know drizzle some honey on them and yeah definitely that that will help your experience for your ladies that if you are a little bit timid to it, drizzle some honey. Um, chocolate, chocolate is really good, um, you know, to drizzle on, like I said, I'm an advocate for honey. Um, and then also playing with your hot and cold, uh, your ice cubes, ice cubes is really good um, to use. Uh, also uh, putting like ice cubes into your mouth, say put ice cube in your mouth, and then use the ice cube to go down on your partner as you have it in your mouth. You can use things like that. Uh, if you have uh, instrument toys that can warm up, so like your glass products, 
You can definitely warm those up. You can play with temperature play. That's really good. Um, but yeah, champagne. Champagne is something that is really great to use. Uh, buy a waterproof waterproof uh, mattress pad. Okay. You know, it's going to get down and dirty. Okay. So you get your champagne. You can use your champagne. You know, you can pour it on them. You can also put champagne in your mouth. Say you want to get a drink and then you want to go and, and get back down to your business there's definitely different things that you can do and I can definitely go on and on and on. <laughs> I hope you guys are taking notes because that sounds very, very, very exciting. So because mm -hmm. here's here's the thing, ladies, uh, here's another little trick. Ladies, keep some like type of liquid by the bedside, whether it's your water, whether it's your champagne, whether it's your wine, whatever. Keep it by the with bedside. And the reason why is because say like if your mouth tends, you know, gets dry or whatever, you want to be able to take a sip and that way you can still give wet kisses. You can still give wet oral, you know, things to still be lubricated if you have it right there. If you're in the, in the bedroom, you don't have nothing that you can just like, oh yeah, nah, be prepared. So what lubricants would you recommend that you find that are easy to use and don't cause any problems? <laughs> I'm all for, with lubricants, I, I am for like your coconut oils. Okay. But here's the thing, if you're going to get into your oils, you cannot use condoms with your oils. But I am about your natural oils. So. Okay. okay. But, but yes, they will weaken the condom. So your coconut oil is great um in terms of your water-based lubricants uh you can have like a bowl of water-based lubricant in the bowl and add like a little bit of water into it and okay. it actually like it'll it'll loosen it up even more and that will last long like you just have that bowl and you just apply and stuff like that okay. that's great silicone lubricants are good as well but sometimes uh, silicone lubricants can stain your sheets so you definitely want to be careful with that. And same thing with the oil lubricants as well. They can, you know, have the potential to stain your, stain your sheet. So I, I definitely believe it's personal preference. Um, if you, and also it depends on if you're doing anal as well, because that, that lubricant makes a difference. Question, how do you for anal? <laughs> yes, like if you're going to do anal, the silicone lubricants, so silicone will last longer. Um, and then also um, your uh, water-based lubricant is okay as long as you have enough right there. But your your uh, silicone will definitely last longer. But how to prepare for it? Now, the older way, I don't want to say the old way, but before I got into the CBD, I would just uh, tell people to create the mood, like especially for the woman, because she, you know, or the guy create the mood you have to be in a mindset because with the anus it is a muscle it's going to tense up regardless and, and your mental has to be there so um uh, aromatherapy um your music you know if you are a person that likes to have any some wine or something that you take to unwind definitely um and it's a great deal of breath work that goes along with it in terms of anal but now we have come to a different point y'all so listen up the things they have cbd things that you can take for anal sex okay even with myself 
taking the CBD anal, um, the suppository, you plop that baby into your anus, you allow the CBD to work. And what it does is that it takes away, like it numbs up the pain. And, but not to the point where like, what was that stuff that they used to use with the um, anal ease? That was like right. a lidocaine. Right. Like you don't want to use the right. You right. don't want to use the lidocaine. You don't want your nerves to be dead. You just want the pain just to be more tolerable. You know, and to because you still want to be able to feel the effects of it. So CBD will do that. Okay. And CBD is meant for pain relief. Okay. And so that definitely helps in terms of anal sex. And you prepare with that. You can prepare with anal plugs. You can wear anal plugs all day, or even hell. A uh, half hour before your session, uh, or use the anal plug while during your session. That helps to um, dilate a little bit, but there is some breathing work that goes into it, and that's a little bit different. But yeah, because the, the 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 sphincter is breathing work in it. Okay. Yes, because see what happens is when you inhale, you tense up. We naturally tense okay. when we inhale. We kind of tense. So if you have a partner that's trying to penetrate you during your inhale, then your sphincters don't close. But when you exhale, everything loosens up and a partner can gradually go in more. So this is definitely, you know, if you're the person that is receiving, you know, you control that partner and you're like, okay, you know, go in and then you can kind of stop and take a break, have them go in some more, stop them. Uh, that's where that breathing comes in. Oh God! Okay, like I didn't know. See, mm -hmm. see mm -hmm. it's just like see what you realize you don't know. Okay, so, uh, what sexual practices do you believe should be involved in regular sex? Touching, some, touch. So some people don't have habits or practices. So let us know so we can take notes. <laughs> I definitely believe touch should always be number one in, in sexual practice. And the reason why I say touch is because touch is what's gonna make your partner feel at ease. So whether it's the stroke of stroking their hair, their head, um, the stroke of their neck, uh, using your fingers, using your tongue, touch should be definitely number one because our skin is like one of the greatest receptors of all of pleasure. So touch should be heavily incorporated. Don't be in a rush. Take your time. Quickies are a different thing. If you're going to have a sex session, then touch needs to be there. Um, kissing should be get uh, uh, should be involved as well. You know, um, in some type of form. Um, those two things I would say would be my top thing. And of course, the the desire. The desire needs to be there. So we know this is not a quickie, but how do you prepare for a quickie or is it just really a quickie? It really is just a quickie. You can't really prepare. It's like, it's like one of the things like, you know, when the moment hits you, you know, you know, when your partner's feeling it, you feeling it, you like, you know, well, come on, let's just get it. And, and you don't have to prepare because it's like your body is already feeling it and they're already feeling it. So usually when you have your quickie, both people are is already ready for it. Okay, so um, so we talked about the food and the liquids and then how to prepare for the sex. 
So after the sex, and it's what, how do you decompress? What do you do next? You know, just do you jump up and put your clothes on and say, see ya, or I'm gonna go watch TV. So what happens next to make sure that that sexual experience is always on the list of your, oh man, that was great. And definitely uh, checking in with their partner, asking your partner after the fact, you know, when the sex is good and complimenting them. I think it's, it's important to let your partner know how great they were. You know, if you are really feeling great, you're feeling as easy, you're like, baby, that, that was good. You know, I really enjoyed you. Saying little things like that, you know, I think, I feel like it amplifies the connection. I mean, even if it is a situationship, at least that person know, you both know that you both completed the task. You both pleased each other. And I think that checking, you know, um, given that recognition, I think that's big. Um, cuddling is fine, you know. Food, I always feel like it's a great thing. It's a great way, because, you know, food is always, you know, what they say, a food, a way to a man, some uh, man's heart is through his stomach, you know. After that, you know, have some food or have some dessert or, you know, just just have a little bit of time with that person. And my last question for the is, what are some sexual practices couples can do during impotency? That's good. A lot of masturbation. Masturbation when you have an impotent partner, and this is why touch is so important across the board. When you have an impotent partner, it's important to touch your partner and masturbate with your partner. So if you find that uh, the male is impotent, start massaging around like the inner thighs, start massaging the testicles um, because they are, you know, sensitive. Um, and then also the prostate is right there so you know kind of stimulate that to kind of you know to see if you can um you know get that that sexual energy flowing with your partner and then the partner who is impotent you know your friend best believe and please allow the toys to be your best friend allow the toys to be the extension to your hand so if you are a partner that is impotent have that the best toy that your woman or male partner likes. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that's something that they like and you use it and you you caress them with it and you can still make love to your partner with that toy because then it is an extension of your hand. So don't be afraid to use other ways to please. Um, talking, you know, being able to have sex talk in it and, and um, uh, get into the mental aspect of it. You know, because mental plays a big part. That's what you can do with the person that is impotent. Uh, of course, your oral sex and things of that nature. But oh well, thank you, thank you for that. But I want you to now tell everyone how they can get in touch with you if they have questions, if they want to buy sex toys, because you've got a whole line of things. So how do they get in touch with you, and how can they make purchases from you? Hey, you can definitely go onto my website is www.yourneedesires.com. And, and actually, I'm excited about that because it's a brand new website. Uh, and so it's, it's, 
is very intuitive. It's, it's great. It works well with the, with the customers. And uh, there's also a blog that's on there if you want to read um, things about, um, uh, you know, sexual uh, sexual intimacy things or even I share some personal stories. Not a lot, but sometimes I do put them on there. Um, and then also the CBD line is on there as well. So you can find, you can definitely go to that website and shop there. It's also on Etsy. It's on um, under Yoni Desires Crystals. You can find me on Etsy there. And then also I'm on uh, Instagram, Yoni Desires. Or you can just go uh, put my name in Miranda Wilkerson and you can find me on Instagram. I have two sites. Basically, if you put in my name, you can find me on YouTube. Okay, <laughs> you okay. can find me on on TikTok under Miranda Sexpert. I, I do I, a lot of films on TikTok, um, which goes pretty well for me as well. So yeah, okay. I, I'm 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 not too hard to find. <laughs> okay, so she's not too hard to find. So I encourage everyone to go out visit her website. At, and I look, she's all over social media, so it won't be difficult for you to find her and treat yourself to some of the new sex toys that she has, because sex is an incredible, important part of who we are as people. And if we're going to do it, it should be good and we should do it right. <laughs> so, yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, we've come to the end of the show and I want to thank you for being here again with us today. As always, I learned a whole lot. So Hopefully the people who continue to view this show on all of the places you can get your podcast uh, will also uh, learn a lot and sort of open up a little bit on trying some new things. As I always say, may this day offer you just what you need in each unfolding moment. Do not go gently into that good night, but find and find a heel worth dying for and take it. Be the person that you've been waiting for. Make today so awesome that yesterday gets jealous and above all else, do it your way. I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, mm -hmm. the retirement doctor and life is too short to drink cheap champagne. Thank you, Miranda, for this enlightening episode. Thank you very Thank much you. for all the knowledge and I look forward to, uh, to having you again. Thank you. Hi, I'm Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the empowerment doctor. And I'm here today with the fourth tip for taking control of your finances. We are going to look at ways to increasing your income. Start to sell some assets that you don't need or rarely use. Consider taking a part-time job, even if it's on a temporary basis or a seasonal basis. Look at ways to turn your hobbies into secondary sources of income. I know most of you have some fantastic hobbies that could make you some great income. And then create multiple lines of passive income streams. Give one of these or all of these a try, and I'm sure you'll be successful in increasing your income. This is Stephanie Wilson Coleman, the Empowerment Doctor. And as I always say, life is too short to drink cheap champagne. Bye now.
Strong bear. 